let me start this by saying that I'm uh, in the middle of doing deliveries, but um, I felt compelled to talk about this topic. Um, now, disclaimer, I haven't really talked about this to a whole lot of people. Now, only a small select group would know any of it, and the truth is that I'm not very forthcoming with if I'm typically a private person. But I found that, um, you know, truly my childhood, my upbringing, um, the people in my life that were parents or trying to raise me, um, really, it's crazy to see similarities, especially now. Um, and also has really kind of pushed how I and parenting now, I found it really interesting, and I thought I'd share it with anyone who's listening to this. Um, if my son ever hears this, then um, he'll get a full, I'm thinking he's going to get a full uh, overview of, of my life as not only a parent, but as a, as a child, because that's really where the story starts. Um, I will give this disclaimer as far as um, I'm going to be talking about some stuff that again I rarely share um, some pretty tough stuff to talk about um, but I have worked through it at least as much as I uh, you know I, I make good progress with it in some capacity in some aspects you know I'm still working through it uh, it's also my point of view. It is not the point of view of anyone else. No one else's story. It's mine. So, you know, if I bring up people and I probably won't name names because I typically won't, you know, Jackson's about the main name that I bring up in my son. But I rarely bring up my wife's name or my stepson's or, any, you know, my stepdaughter or anybody. Um, you know, the truth is, um, again, private person. You can delve into my social media and maybe you're able to figure it out. But, um, you know, it, it's not like, hey, I, I need answers from them. Because uh, if I wanted them, I'd seek them out. But again, I felt it was interesting because given my current, uh, you know, my current point in life, in this life, uh, this thing I call life. Wow, look at that. It's taken me this long to uh, even mention mention the, the name. And honestly, moving forward with, with these, but I'll get back to that in a moment. I felt compelled because I was uh, in the car and I started to kind of, oh, well, you know, what would I say if I was doing, if I do record this? Sometimes I'll do that. I'll kind of run it through my head, promo anything else. I usually would be in the car and I'll kind of figure out, hey, where I want to go with this, and I found myself, like, really compelled to speak about it, so I thought, well, why not just record it, um, but again, I'm driving, so you're going to hear all kinds of ambient noises, and I'm about 13 minutes away from a delivery point, so um, I've got a little time, um, I remember very little about my biological father. I do remember quite a bit about my stepmother. 
um, not a lot of it's good. I wish to, I could tell you, hey, it was a wonderful upbringing, but I was not with them for very long. I think maybe the first four or five years of my life, if that. Again, could be haze. It's from my point of view, and as a child, can't tell you that I remember everything specifically. I do remember a few events that truly shaped my mental state moving forward. I really can honestly say I was I have how I started out as a little boy. Um, I'm a completely different person by the time I'm five. Completely different. Five or six, I think I'm in. Uh, yeah, probably five. Um, before my grandmother kind of pulled me from all of it um, and saved me because my safety was truly at risk. That much I know. And at least that's what I was told. I needed to get out of there. The, that living situation. And again, you know, I've tried to make peace with it and be like, they were doing the best they could and under the circumstances and maybe trying to justify it. But I have found that, um, you know, if I were to ever speak to them, I'd probably have some questions. But it's not like I'm looking for them or looking to talk to them. That, which is unfortunate because there's a whole side of my family that I don't know very much about. I, I know a sister. Um, we're a little over a year apart. And those first few years, any great memory, she was involved. Uh, little initial things, she was involved. Little spatterings of my biological mother. But for the most part, the two parental units really did a number on me and um, not not daily but a few events I, I could kind of crystallize it uh, how I remember it something that happened right before my uh, departing that uh, that part of my life and moving in with my grandmother um, I remember waking up I'm a little kid maybe five at that point. And it just made me and my sister. Uh, my parents are nowhere to be found. Completely empty. No, nobody else is there. Uh, I panic. Because I don't know where they're at. Like, I'm screaming for them. They're not around. I knew something was up, you know, because I could sense no one would, you know, it was just me and her. And um, I think I ran to the neighbor's. And my, you know, this is like late 70s, early 80s. So, you know, it's uh, a different time. It's not like you could just call them on a cell phone and get them. I think they were out. They're at a bar. They're a young couple. You know, kind of brand new to each other, I think. And so, you know, it is what it is. Um, my parents eventually were them. My bio dad and my stepmom showed up. And then I think the police were called um, because now I'm missing, I want to say. I don't know if my sister can. Um, but, um, yeah. Cops were called. Finally, you know, neighbors bring me back, in essence. And um, I think I got 
uh, you know, disciplined physically for that. And the next thing I remember is my grandmother, sometime shortly after my grandmother, meeting at my bio, uh, my biological dad's mother, so my grandmother, being at her place, which we would go at from time to time, and my grandmother scooping me up. And my grandmother had to deal with, um, you know, a kid who was in the midst of probably like nightly, night terrors, didn't want to go to sleep, because, you know, the last time I closed my eyes, I think, you know, probably the biggest, biggest memory is like people that were supposed to take care of me not being there and who knows where they were you know I'm saying all our because I'm like well maybe at least they were out having a good time for all I know they were ha out having dinner or something like that but for me it was the most terrifying moment of my life it truly messed with me has always messed with me up until like really recently I always had problems going to sleep my brain just wouldn't and I still at times but it's gotten better I know that, like, oh, if I have any abandonment issues, it, it stems from that. If I, um, and again, I don't want to, they're not, they're not here to, you know, it's not like I have them in front of me. Like, what, what happened? Why did it turn out the way it turned out? You know, why is it I don't know siblings, half siblings? Why, why don't I know them? Why, you know, why isn't it my sister and I are not closer? You know, what? Why is that? So many questions. Um, but I couldn't have been ended up with a more amazing woman than my grandmother Estella. My mom's bio mom's mom. I mean, she saved the day in so many ways. And again, had to take care of this little kid who was angry and lashed out and was not a good, you know, like, did not have uh, good intentions. Uh, you know, was truly like feeling like he was the devil's kid because that's what he'd been called. You know, look at that. Oh man, that kid just wanted a hug. You know, <laughs> little kid just wanted like, and my grandmother gave me everything she could possibly give me. I never felt like I wanted for anything. Didn't understand if we were low, you know, we're low income, any of that. Always had food. I have like this love of potato and egg tacos because of my grandmother. And really, really greasy pork chops and uh, so many other wonderful things. Yeah, she was always so good to me. Especially when it was just us. Like she, you know, had my back and you know when the time was right my mom came back in the picture and it's like I don't remember my much of my mother when I was a, like a small child but I remember the first time that I saw her when I was a little like you know eight or nine seven or eight something like that and just knowing she was my mom running to her just being so ecstatic and not wanting to let go And my mom has always done the best she could. I can't falter. And more of like, on the one hand, never really feeling like 
I lacked for anything, but on the other hand, like not understanding the concept of money, but I don't fault, fault her, fault myself, you know, I can, I can, you know, this device that I'm currently recording this on, I can easily like Google, like how to make money work for you. If I had applied it, maybe, but again, no real concept because I never wanted for anything. My mom was good like that. But it, there was distance, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Up until she married my stepdad. There was always, you know, whether I lived with my grandmother initially and my mom was off uh, in Austin or when she moved to Corpus and we kind of strangely didn't live in the same building for a while. But eventually we did, once I became a teenager. And my stepdad came to the picture. The dude. I always called him the dude because I didn't want to call him dad because I, at that point, was wanting to reconnect with my father. Well, I take that back. I wanted to reconnect with my father before that, my bio father. But I remember probably, like, the last time I saw him was when I was, like, I must have been 9 or 10. And my my mom was like, hey, you want to say something to your son? He kind of, like, in some all, like, in some roundabout way was like, that's not my son. I have nothing to say to him. At least that's how I remember it. Which is sad. You know, that, that, that guy is the reason I'm here. And to not have a relationship with him by his choice. It's something. But my mom did the best she could. And when she brought my stepdad into my life, it was, I mean, he's, uh, I call him the dude also because he's super cool in my opinion. Like he reminds me of Edward James Olmos and, uh, when he was a part of Miami Vice. Not, not stand and deliver. Uh, Miami Vice, Edward James Olmos. Like, uh, pr like in my opinion, prime Edward James Olmos. Just super cool. Like glided in the room. Had this charisma about him. And my stepdad's awesome but not you know like we it's a, it's a tough relationship because I still harbored like these you know I don't want to be abandoned you know like you, you, I mean you you might be choosing this but I mean I'm not really part of the package you know like at least initially you know once I became part of the package you know, we, we bonded over things I mean he was he was good at advice and you know Sometimes I wish he'd give me real practical, like, this is what I have, fix it. But I know that he did the best he could. I love them all. My mom, my stepdad, the dude. My grandmother, Stella, she like, oh man. Again, I can't, I can't, I can't sing that woman's praises enough. Just like I couldn't sing my mom's praises enough, I wouldn't do it justice. There, there's not enough words. Because they kept me alive and they kept me fed. They kept, again, never want, never wanting for anything. Always feeling like there would be a way. We'd find a way. Didn't matter. Always my, op, uh, you know, like eternal optimism probably comes from my mother. Um, probably my stubbornness comes from my mother. Or my grandmother. She's a stubborn, stubborn lady, too. I did see my stepmom 
when I was, I want to say 17. She actually showed up at my work. Um, I was working at a shoe store. I want, I want to say it was a shoe store. I was working in the mall after that for a fact. Um, showed up out of nowhere. They, she was apparently in town to visit and like popped in. I guess they were at the mall and saw me and she recognized me. Because I'm not real sure if any of my, you know, that part of my family on my bio dad's side ever really kept uh, tabs on me. You know, I don't know for anything. I just assume not, given what I was told around eight or nine, you know, by my dad, or bio dad. Um, and I couldn't process it, you know, at the time couldn't really process it like she was probably the reason I was abused I I know for a fact that she deemed me the devil's kid you know like and I you know have tried to be like well you know I'm the embodiment of uh, my bio dad's former relationship you know I'm I'm a symbol of it you know again the embodiment of it me and my sister However, I recognized that she was not my mom. She was not the woman that that was there initially. Um, and I probably made it a point of like, and, and you know, it was probably a new relationship, but again, I don't recall ever getting disciplined by my dad prior to that, or my dad prior to that. And then once she came in, it was like her dealing it as well as probably instructing him to do it. And so, um, not a good time. But again, I was, you know, probably not, probably a mischievous kid and had my ways. Uh, but I couldn't process it. I don't think my sister could process it because uh, that was a missed opportunity. I think that was the last time that we were ever even remotely in the same area. And um, yeah, I mean, we were in the same vicinity, but. I, I think it was so earth shattering for both of us that the way we dealt with it, you know, I kind of was like, couldn't quite process it fast enough and just, you know, like, like you're instructed to do, you hug your, you know, anyone who's related to you or raised you or something like that. So, you know, I, I, uh, didn't really know what to do, but sadly it was a missed opportunity for me and my sister. We didn't really get to connect. And that would be the last time I ever really saw her face to face. Um, again, which is sad. You know, I mean, I'm going to be 50. Um, you know, and the, they're half siblings that I've never seen. But again, I, I can't imagine my life over there once I left it. And I really, looking back, can say, man, I had a pretty good life where I was. Because I knew um, they were choosing to be with me. They chose it. My grandmother chose to come get me. My mom chose to move back to Corpus. My, my stepdad chose to be part of it. They chose to be in my life. And to raise me and to, again, make sure I never wanted for anything. 
and I felt loved, but I know I've always had abandonment stuff, and I always have had, you know, issues sleeping, in large part because of what happened, and I do wish I had a relationship with my siblings, like, I wish, like, like, I really knew that side, only because that's, I think, a part of it, but it definitely makes me, you know, I don't want to have that last name, because I'm not part of that family, and never got the chance really to, um, but I'm perfectly fine with the last, you know, with the, the last name I don't have, um, because that family was my family. There were a lot of good times. Even if I made it difficult at times. Um, here's the part of the story where, you know, I've spent the last maybe 20 some odd minutes uh, kind of talking about others and their actions. And now I have to kind of delve into some of my stuff. And some stuff I'm not too proud of. And again, trying will try not to name names uh, because they're not here. But with any of it, it's like, hey, if you ever, we ever want to have that discussion, I'm open to it. Um, but choices. And doing the best you could. Realizing, hey, that, that, that those parental units, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, all of it, doing the best they could. That's how I have to look at it. Because I know in my situations, I was doing the best I could, making the choices that were probably the best for me at the time. And so here we go. Um, I have a son, not, not Jackson, not Caleb. I have a son when I was in college. One night, a girl that I was a friend with, and uh, nine months later, how comes my son? But I was not part of his life early on. And at first, I felt, you know, pressured, and I also, you know, we didn't have a relationship, sadly. You know, we were friends, we hung out a few times. And then once a baby's in the picture, you know, it could have gone one or two ways, but, you know, I quickly realized, well, I needed to figure out what I was going to do with my life and join the service, you know, asked, asked for some parental advice and got some advice to join the service, which opened up a whole, that's a whole nother story I'm not even going to get into, good, bad, or indifferent, but it was the right choice. I felt like I had to do that because all of a sudden I'm now having to provide and I you know probably wanted to doubt the paternity at first but the moment I laid eyes on that kid I you know the, a couple of times that I have like no he's you can tell um, I don't like how how I handled it the first few years of his life I was not even in the state and when I was I was not in a proper state being away and kind of thinking the service would take care of things and they didn't quite take care of things. They kind of left me hanging on some stuff. Um, 
and I didn't really press it or push it because I was like, what, am, what, you know, like, how is this possible? I doubted it a lot. Um, and then I was out of the state serving my country and serving my country caused my, my mind to kind of be in an altered state. Um, a lot of stuff kind of came to the forefront. And sadly, my choice was to focus on trying to survive and not trying to build any kind of relationship with anybody. And plus, uh, once it becomes a legal matter, you, you want nothing more than to turn a blind eye to it. And sadly, I did. I know the kid got raised well. You know, he had his mother, his stepfather, that guy stood up, he's got a lot of siblings, you know, he kind of had the opposite of what I had, like worked in reverse. Uh, I didn't really see him again until he was a teenager. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a, he's a grown man at this point, and I've had a handful of conversations with him, and I've tried to just respect the space and at the same time like hey if you ever want to talk man I'm down and, you know but I don't know how what answers I can really give you um, other than I had selfish reasons you know I was trying to survive I was you know every day was a am I gonna am I gonna survive this or not and I feel bad about that real bad it is a regret. And I consider and say, well, my bio dad was very much like that. And that's, and that's probably where the justification, if any, would be is like, well, that's how my bio dad was. He, he didn't, you know, he disowned me. So how I felt, he abandoned me. Um, but it could have been better. Fast forward a few years and, um, I'm in the midst of my wrestling career. I'm uh, probably at the height of my PCW uh, run. Uh, cuts coming, you know, going, and uh, I would bounce from relationship to relationship. That's a whole nother. Uh, I don't know if that'll ever be an episode, um, unless I discuss the context of relationship and marriage, maybe. But I don't know if I'm ever doing that one. I will just say that, um, you know, I, I bounced around. Dated plenty. And in the midst of dating someone, I was, uh, <laughs> I was actually a security at a strip club. And I got with a, with a dancer. I worked day shift. She worked night shift. She was dating someone at the time. I was also dating someone at the time that part I'll say and uh, but we had immense chemistry and we quickly discovered that we wanted to give it a shot and um, did and probably within a month of us getting together she found out she was pregnant and quickly realized it wasn't mine because it just the math didn't work to be honest uh, there was no feasible way she didn't hide the fact however 
I knew how people talked in a wrestling locker room, especially about relationships. Um, and I didn't want <clears throat> anyone giving her any kind of grief or any kind of any kind of judgment. I wanted people to just treat her as I saw her. You know, this is the woman I'm with. I loved her, and if she was pregnant, we're, we were having a baby. You know, and I had been pretty good about not trying to get anyone pregnant. So, um, came as a shock to a lot of people, but I held firm that this child was mine. Um, and was on board, I think. Uh, then the straining of a relationship, uh, you know, in, in its infancy is, as, uh, and then you had a pregnancy and, you know, I started to have doubts and, um, they came to the forefront the, the day that the little girl was born. And I tried, you know, for a few months, uh, maybe for the first six months, but then, you know, just realized, like, I, this wasn't, and she wasn't the one. We realized that we weren't going to remain. And, um, yeah, that was tough you know, because I had tried to bond, uh, tried to make a family out of this, uh, you know, and taking a step closer, even though I was like, uh, kind of, kind of afraid of like uh, some type of relationship, but I was trying, you know, like, well, this might be the time and this, that, the other, and, you know, let the cards fall where they may. And if this is how it's supposed to be, then it'll be. And then you find out, well, it, it wasn't. Um, You know, and there, there was a situation there where it probably worked out for the best. And then you fast forward to 2017 and my old, who wasn't my wife then, but my very good friend, one of my best friends, someone I had so much love for came back into my life and at first we tried to keep our you know our distance because we weren't in the same city and um, but once we I think once we knew we were going to start dating it was just the, the inevitable was we would be getting married you know I, she would she was going to be my wife I didn't um, there was no like, oh, it was the easiest choice. There was no, there was no like, I knew what my life was without her. I'll say that part. So, and I knew what my life had been with her really in the forefront of it. And uh, I wanted one of my best friends to spend the rest of her life with me. I love, love her intensely. It's um, like I, I can't say enough wonderful things about her but with her came you know a, a, a daughter who was in her 20s and uh, you know a, a son who was in his uh, soon-to-be teens uh, you know early teens and um, like it all kind of full circle in many ways you know I have these two two people that are in my life and through no you know through a choice you know I chose to be want to be part of it. I knew what, what came with it and I wanted all of it. You know, 
I've often said I'm not a pet person. But the moment that I got with my wife and knew that this is what I wanted, that there's a, you know, there's, there's a package and I wanted all of it. I didn't want just part of it. I didn't want some of it. I wanted all of it. And, uh, I found that I followed my stepdad's lead in a lot of ways, the dude's lead in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I wanted my stepson to respect me, but I wasn't coming in, you know, he has a father and I wasn't coming in to replace that. I wasn't going to try to compete with that. There's no competing with that. I know from experience, there's no competing with that. My bio dad had shown the least bit of love. I don't know how things would have been different. And that's not taken away from my, from the dude, because the dude's awesome. But I, in him, I saw, okay, that's, that's how you, you know, if I, I don't want to be the disciplinarian. You know, I don't want to do any of that. He's been raised right, and his mom's done a fabulous job. My job's just to, if he's got questions, I'm here to give him answers. You know, if he wants guidance, I'm here to give him guidance. But if he just needs me to be a straight-up dude and treat his mom right, then that's exactly what I'm going to do because I want to treat his mom right. Um, and also be an example of, like, how you treat people, how you treat them with respect, and just by example, not really by any anything else. When... My wife and I got married in 2019. We had already talked about kids and the possibility. And I think we had the approach of, well, we're just not going to prevent it. If it happens, it happens. You know, we're both, you know, in our mid-40s. So if it happens, it happens. But, you know, my life was complete. I remember her, uh, you fast forward, we're, you know, 2019, we're talking, we're already married at this point. I'm at a TASW show. It's the ultimate sacrifice. I just, uh, me and the crew GSL, but me and mainly, I just <coughs> retained the championship, uh, heavyweight championship. Um, and my crew had just shaved Jason Sullivan's hair. And, you know, we had basically defeated Australia Galactica, who had been a thorn in my side. Again, I've, on this historic run that in many respects has never ended, but I digress. Um, but in that moment, I'm playing title guitar, championship guitar, championship belt guitar, title, you know, belt uh, guitar to uh, We Are The Champions. And um, the photographer goes by Houston Shots. Always took some amazing stuff. Like, I, I made merch out of it because it was so great and told him, like, you know, if I, if I made significant, you know, I'd give him a percentage. Um, you know, because he was just a great photographer, got some great shots. But he had gotten this one of me do, playing guitar and my hair's down. I've got the, I'm in the, all the GSL glory, pretty much. And, um, my wife makes a comment on Instagram, I think, you know, like, we're going to have some DeMarco kids. Something like DeMarco babies or something like that. Fast forward a month or two, and she tells me she's pregnant. And it blows my mind on so many levels. It truly, like, um, alters my f the fiber of my being, I think, at that point. Uh, you know, this wasn't previous situations. You know, it was in a situation where I wasn't present. This wasn't a situation where, you know, even a situation where um, 
I would kind of be part, you know, be the boyfriend during the pregnancy. This was like, this is my wife. We have a family, but she's pregnant with my child and like kind of the embodiment of our relationship in many ways, right? And a relationship that was, you know, roughly 20 years in the making. So the fact that, you know, she she kind of basically foretells herself getting pregnant, gets pregnant, and uh, then is pregnant. And even though it's a high risk pregnancy, we're we're like, oh man, this this could go so well. Uh, I had high hopes. Um, you know, I'll never, uh, but not pressuring anything, you know, trying to jinx it, you know, just being like happy with whatever, with whatever comes of it. Um, and so I, um, I was ecstatic. I was also extremely nervous because of the high risk. But I found like, oh man, I just want to be the best dad humanly possible. And I'd always said that if if a situation came about where I, you know, I've often said on here that if my wife was not a fan of my wrestling, she did not like GSL, she didn't like the travel, she didn't like any of it, that um, that would be it. You know, I've often said that. But I had also often said to myself that if I ever had a family where it was like, you know, it became a situation where I'd miss things, I wouldn't miss things. You know, I wouldn't miss any family events. You know, I'd miss friend stuff, and I always regret, in some respects, like missing some of those things, even though, you know, what I was doing at the time I felt was, was the right thing. I missed a lot of, like, life events because, you know, I really put, kept things at a distance until my wife, I really, you know, I fully embraced that relationship and have fully embraced that relationship. So with, I knew the moment that she got pregnant that, you know, my time performing would would come to an end or at least I'd go into a hiatus of some, some kind because especially those initial years, you know, I'd always, I thought, man, I'd be, I would love to just be a stay-at-home dad and just be with my my kids all the time. Um, if I could do that, that'd be awesome. Because I just didn't want to miss anything. And, you know, we're in the midst of the pandemic, so, like, everyone's home, which was a blessing, you know, in so many ways. My, you know, we were able to kind of be there for each other as much as possible. And then, especially once he was born, it was like, well, we're still in the midst of the pandemic. Um, you know, and I've talked about this, um, on, uh, previous episodes, um, you know, it was a godsend in many ways, the pandemic, the f- fact that we were in lockdown, the fact that, you know, there wasn't as much stress in the hospital more than already there was, you know, like I can only imagine as much as I would have loved, you know, my folks to be there and her family to be there you know, stressful enough just being on a group chat and trying to update everybody. But, um, once Jackson came into the world at the end and I laid eyes on him, you know, often people will say, well, you know, it's life changing. Yeah, 
it it changed a lot of things and opened a lot of things up and made me you know rethink a lot of things uh, but more most of all it just wanted made me want to be the best human being humanly possible to my family and to my you know to my family And when it comes to Jackson, especially, the last thing I want to do is have that kid ever go through what I did as a little kid. You know, broken marriage or broken relationship, uh, new you know, new people involved. Uh, you know, any kind of abuse, any kind of abandonment. Like I never want my kid to. You know, I never want Jackson to ever feel or any. You know, either my, you know, stepkids, and again, out of respect to their their father. But I would never want them to feel like I'm not there for them. I would always want them to know that they're my kids. You know? I'd do anything for them. For Caleb, for Darian, I'd do anything for them. I'd do anything for my my wife, Connie. I would do anything for her. And Jackson, I would literally try to move the earth. You know, I would do anything for him. Um, I just want to be around him all the time and love him and let him know that love's a thing you know that you you need you know and that you should want and um, at the same time that 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 should be welcomed um, but I love Jackson I marvel at that kid every day but it has made me want to rethink and like relationships I you know people I wasn't close to before that are part of my family it's like you know even if we weren't for whatever reason like to open you know, extend the olive branch or to open that, you know, open that door to like, hey, I want to communicate, cool. Um, you know, we, we share something, so let's, let's share it. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, tried often to scoff at the idea well don't you know eh, you can you can kind of change the the environment you know what, what you were raised in doesn't define you yeah that's true but it definitely can uh, influence and I think my childhood and my experiences definitely made me react a certain way to certain things and I'm hoping you know, moving forward that I'm not, if anything, I'm only using it to fuel the good. And there's not a cycle to break for me. It's more of a, this is how I want to do things. You know, I'm finding like, hey, I want to do traditional stuff and have traditions and have a, you know, have a large, you know, family get together of some kind. Um, and who knows, maybe that's in the cards. And if it's not, well, then I'll make the most of and, and be blessed and feel gratitude for those that are in my life and those that choose to be in my life um, so yeah I hope you enjoyed this um, I'm uh, I would say man I'm not sure what the next one's going to be but I may be needing to address something um, and I've hemmed and hauled over it so Next time, I think I'm going to discuss my current mindset when it comes to wrestling and that the future of it, for me, at least.
and I think I'm going to get pretty truthful with it truth that I need to see and the truth that I want to share. So, um, as always, I appreciate anyone who's taken the time to listen to this. Uh, appreciate uh, you, know, you wanting to listen to this, and I hope, I hope, you know, you got something out of it. And to any of my loved ones that are listening to this, or any of those that are related to me, you know, I just know that uh, you are in my thoughts and um, in my heart and you know, I hope our paths always cross if they haven't and the ones that are always you know I see on any kind of regular basis <laughs> or any kind of like daily they know they're the most important people to me and will continue to be so until next time, I hope to see you on down the road.